you know, you have these beliefs, these notions about how things are outside of where you grew up or the area that you're most familiar with. So the biggest thing I would say is just overcoming the fear of the unknown. Um, a lot of times people in their minds think about all the things that could go wrong, but I like to think about all the things that could go right and all the things that I may potentially miss out on if I don't step outside of my comfort zone to experience those things. And as a result, I've been able to go a lot of places um, because I have overcome that fear. Hi, everybody. You are listening to the Solo Female Trailer Podcast. Recent figures show that more women are traveling than ever before, and most of the women you hear on this podcast have turned their life around thanks to solo travel. I am Luco Almenares, and in this podcast, I talk with amazing fellow solo female travelers to discuss personal growth, changing mindsets, and we share advice and strategies on how you can do the same. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Solo Female Travel Podcast, and today I am here with Cicely. Cicely is a black female solo traveler, originally from Nashville, that grew up in Arkansas in the United States. And she's also the creator of the Travel Champion, where she helps women to travel the world solo, safely, and on a budget. Regardless of her income at the time of each trip, she made it happen and had some truly amazing and memorable experiences. Throughout her three decades of travel, she learned tremendous amount of information, hacks, and tips. And I am very excited to have her here with us to share about her travels and experiences as a Black female solo traveler. So Cecily, thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So I would like to start the episode by asking you about your story and how do you start this solo travel experience? Sure. So just growing up in Arkansas, I used to travel with my family quite a bit during the summer and during spring break. We would usually have, you know, one big trip a year. And um, because things were kind of tight money-wise. We were always traveling on a budget and we would uh, typically do road trips because it was more cost efficient. So I developed a love for travel at a very young age. It being myself, my parents, and my younger brother, like I said, we would have these trips. And as I had an opportunity, as I got older, I wanted to explore more, um, not just within the United States, but also internationally. And I would reach out to different friends and say, hey, let's go to such and such place. And everybody would be all excited, especially for girls trips and things like that. And as it got closer and closer to the actual date of the trip, people would back out gradually until at the end, it was pretty much myself. So that's kind of how I fell into solo travel. It wasn't something that I was basically seeking out to do. But because I found that travel was something that was very important to me personally, I made a choice to prioritize it, you know. So I feel like a lot of times people make excuses for why they can't do certain things. But if it's something that you are truly passionate about and that you truly want to do, you'll find a way to get it done. So that's what I've been able to do. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the income, regardless of the challenges, you just made it happen. And 
it's funny what you mentioned about that you start making plans with your friends and at the end everyone starts backing out. I think that most of us start their solo travel experiences by that. Yeah, unfortunately. Now I actually prefer solo travel. I mean, I will plan trips and, you know, if people want to go with me, they can, but I don't set out to do these big group trips or anything like that. So it saves from the disappointment of people backing out, but it also allows me to be prepared, you know, because I'm not counting on someone else to have a certain task for planning the trip because I'm doing it all myself. So I know everything's going to get done and it's going to get done the right way. So I've actually visited every continent, all seven continents solo. I've been to all 50 states and um, over 37 countries. So yeah, it's been great. Wow. Now let me ask you, because in my own experience, every time I travel, especially abroad and like full-blown honesty, I never saw a Black female solo traveler not even someone that looked like me, like a Latina. So let me ask you, what were like some challenges that you have faced as a Black female solo traveler? I think the biggest thing is mindset. So it's not necessarily what actually happened when I got there, but just the getting over the fear or the stereotypes or preconceived notions that you have about certain places or cultures and things like that. And I think everybody has that in some form, um, just based on the area you've grown up in or your family, you know, society in general, you know, you have these beliefs, these notions about how things are outside of where you grew up or the area that you're most familiar with. So The biggest thing I would say is just overcoming the fear of the unknown. Um, A lot of times people in their minds think about all the things that could go wrong, but I like to think about all the things that could go right and all the things that I may potentially miss out on if I don't step outside of my comfort zone to experience those things. And as a result, I've been able to go a lot of places um, because I have overcome that fear that most people have. And for me, I've done that by preparing. I'm a really organized person. I'm a researcher just in my own profession. I'm an engineer. So um, I'm a problem solver, but I definitely have been able to build upon a lot of the skills that I've had because things come up, you know, no matter where you go, you can plan as much as possible, but there are always going to be some surprises here and there. But I feel like if you're as prepared as possible, for, you know, the big things, the little things you can handle, you know. Yeah, for sure. I was actually having that conversation with another travel recently about like how you develop so much this skill of problem solving because yes, as much as you plan, <laughs> some things will go grown and we're dealing with different places, different peoples, different cultures. So definitely problem solving. It's very important and you a skill that you develop. And then also you said that you have that skill from being an engineer, but I'm pretty sure that after your trips, you're also brought back more skills and you're it in different ways. Yes, for sure. And also, um, let me ask you, Cicely, when it comes to mindset, I also there's something I want to touch on that as well, because um, I can speak for me as, as growing up in an Hispanic household. Uh, for example, for us, for Latinas, there is these ideas that we grow up with, that the world is not safe for us, that we should get a husband as soon as we leave home, or that by certain age, we should have a family and kids. So 
when it comes to the mindset, what do you think that were some concepts that affected that in your household? Sure. I just think the overall thing of not knowing how people are going to respond to you or how they're going to receive you because you don't know how those people were brought up and what beliefs they have and how they may you know, want to cause harm to you, even though they don't know you. They're just judging you based on the color of your skin or your race, your ethnic background. So I think it's just, you just feel more comfortable being around people that look like you, people who you've grown to get to know or have a rapport with. Even if it's someone you've never met, you just kind of feel like you have that commonality. So even when I travel outside of the country and I see another African-American, it's like, hey, you know, like we know each other, we've never met, but it's that feeling of, you know, oh, you know, I feel I feel safe. I feel comforted. I see someone who's experiencing something like I am. And it's just a good feeling. And the opposite of that is you feeling uncomfortable because it's someone that you you don't know how to receive them. It's more more of a defensive thing than it is offensive. So it's not really like you're planning on doing a certain thing. It's you're wanting to try to protect yourself because you don't know how they're going to respond. So it's just that fear, you know, and part of that comes from just how things are in America. There's certain areas in America, uh, in certain, you know, regions, towns where you just know you as an African-American, you don't go or you don't go after a certain time of day. And those are things that you grow up knowing. You hear it, people express it, people talk about it. It's just there, you know, it's there from the beginning. And um, because it is, it's one of those things, like I said, you have to actively, intentionally overcome because it's kind of ingrained mentally. And sometimes it's harder to even acknowledge that you have those beliefs and those thoughts. But what happens is you end up imprisoning yourself by not allowing yourself to explore all the world has to offer because you're scared or because you're overly cautious. Now, there is a need to be cautious and be concerned about your safety but you don't want to do it to the point where you're not able to really enjoy yourself and you're not really able to step out and meet new people and experience new things because of that sense of fear. I I really like what you said about intentionally overcoming those thoughts, because if you grow up in that environment with those comments and seeing certain types of news or knowing that because of the way you look, you kind of go to certain areas. Of course, you start thinking like, oh, maybe the rest of the world is the same. It's very much that way. So now let me ask you, how has been your experience abroad? I know you've been to all seven continents and I know every continent is different. Every culture is different. But can you share with us some experiences about when you travel abroad? It can be positive. It can be negative as well, because I know there are some stigmas because you come from a certain place or look a certain way. You should be this way. So can you share with us some some of your experiences? Sure, sure. So overall, I I must say that I've been blessed to have primarily positive experiences, but there have been times where, you know, I have been uncomfortable in environments or I have 
definitely stood out and the people there made it their point to acknowledge that I was different. And a, a lot of that, you know, the outcome really depends on how you address it or how you approach it. So I just try to make sure that I understand that most people are not intentionally trying to do harm. A lot of times people do things out of ignorance, meaning lack of knowledge. So I try to give most people the benefit of the doubt. On the flip side, I'm not going to put myself purposely in an environment where I am going to potentially be in danger. I mean, that's just not wise. So I do use wisdom. And um, a lot of that is just based on research, being a part of different Facebook groups where there are Black travelers or solo female travelers or solo Black female travelers, pretty much any type of category you can think of or, you know, group. There's a, a group for that on Facebook or Instagram or other platforms. So it's helpful to learn about other people's experiences not necessarily that that's how your experience is going to be, but it could potentially be that way. And that can help you know what areas to stay away from or what areas to at least be on guard if you do decide you want to go. So just a, a particular example uh, for me, like I had heard before I went to China that a lot of Chinese people were not used to seeing Black people. So they stare. Sometimes they may touch you like your hair. So for instance, I have braids. Sometimes they may have not seen that in different places you've gone. So it's, I think, curiosity and intrigue when people do things like that. But in certain cultures, you know, you just don't touch people. <laughs> you can look, yes. but don't touch, you know. But, you know, some people are okay with that. Some people feel threatened. For me, I don't really care for the touching I don't mind having a conversation with people. I don't mind the stares because I, I understand, you know, most of the time it's curiosity or it's like something different and they're just trying to make sense of it. Um, but I actually share a story in my book about how when I was in China, I was in, I don't want to get it wrong. It was either Beijing or Shanghai. I was just walking through the streets and a lady and her son came near me the lady was kind of motioning her son to come up near me and she took out her camera to take a picture. So I thought that that was her way of telling me to kind of move out of the way. We're trying to take a picture in front of the building that I just happened to be standing in front of. So, you know, I kind of apologized and I'm walking away and then she's motioning, no, no, move back. Like I realized she was wanting me to be in the picture which was like really odd to me because I'd never seen her before or her son. I'm assuming it was her son. And I'm like, why would they want to take a picture with me? You know, but I know it was just because I was different. I could tell even she was motioning him to smile. Like here in America, we say, say cheese. She's, she was saying something to him to that effect. So, you know, I posed with him and, you know, she thanked me and then they just, walked off into the crowd. And I was just kind of like, that was really weird. But to me, it was an innocent experience. And um, I'm sure she was showing people, hey, look what I have, look who I saw or met, or I don't know what story she told to go along with that picture. But um, like I said, to me, that didn't bother me. I do know people that have really kind of developed some type of fear or phobia around that kind of thing. 
where they feel like they don't want to go out because they're nervous about people approaching them or staring and things like that. And that's very real to, you know, some people. Other people yes. are like, oh, wow. You know, so from one kind of one side of the spectrum to the other, they love all the attention. They feel like they're a celebrity. They're even people who will like make references to like Beyonce or Serena Williams, you know, so things like that. So they like the attention, you know, and like yes. I said, there's others that are, you know, fearful of it. And they will literally just stay in their hotel room the whole time they're there because they're nervous to go out, which is really unfortunate because, I mean, you're missing out on the whole point of traveling there, you know, to really experience something new and different and, you know, learn a little bit about the culture and the people, the food and things like that. But if you're really worried about, you know, what could happen to you while you're going out, you're not really going to enjoy that experience. So that's not a good thing. No, uh, in that case, I guess it will be better to travel to a place that is more familiar. I agree. I agree. And, and I always tell people, you know, it's okay to take baby steps. You know, you don't necessarily have to go your first trip to somewhere that is totally different from what you're used to. Possibly you can kind of ease your way into things. You know, sometimes when people are nervous about a language barrier, mm -hmm. I tell them, you know, start out somewhere where they speak English. You know, if that's your native tongue, then start out somewhere where they speak English or where tourism is really big. So most of the people, especially in the hospitality industry, speak English or understand English. So that way, that's one less thing you have to worry about, you know, as you travel. So it's just things like that that you can do to make yourself feel a little bit more comfortable and give yourself a little bit of ease so that you can really enjoy the experience. So... Nah, definitely if you go to a country that is on the other side of the world and you are not the type of traveler that people is used to see, you are going to get a lot of attention. And I find that I actually, I really like it. It happened to me a lot when I was in Asia as well, that people approached to me to take pictures with me and they will like hand me their baby to take pictures with the baby. <laughs> and like, That would never happen in the U.S. that someone gives yeah. me a baby to, to take a yeah. picture with them. So that's part of the experience as well. And I also like how you define ignorance, lack of knowledge. And like sometimes when we experience the stigmas from certain people, it's because of their lack of knowledge about our culture, our country and where we come from. So that's, that's also part of the experience. Which, by the way, I'm going to share a story that actually happened yesterday someone that I met, it was someone from India. And then this person assumed that everyone from South America did cocaine because that's what he saw on Narcos and that's what he heard from a comedian. I was a bit offended, to be honest, at the beginning, but then I was just like, you know what, this is a great opportunity just to teach this person a little bit more about my culture and my continent. And then at the end, I told him, please don't say that again, because that can be very offensive to, to other people. And you're offending an entire continent, not just yeah, one country. That's a big deal, you know, and it's good the approach that you took by not being too offended. I mean, it's hard not to be somewhat offended by a comment like that, but you didn't take it personally because you know that that's not you. But uh, you know that it's not right either. So you provided that education. And then you also let them know that that was not appropriate because, you know, someone like you were able to take your time and explain. Others may not have the patience and 
may resort to something negative in response to a comment like that. So you never know how other people may respond to certain comments. So I always try to let people know, like, no, uh, I know you didn't mean any harm or whatnot, but don't say that again. (laughs) Don't say that again, because that is like not appropriate. That is not politically correct to say. And it's not accurate, you know? Yeah, I think it's important to do that. You don't have to do that, but I think it goes a long way when you do that. I think so too. And then you might have created a change in that person or not, but at least you tried. And it's important that if that person would do it again, most of those mistakes, as we mentioned before, come from ignorance. And also you talk about the problem solving skill. I think one of the main things you also learn in each of your trips is empathy. So you can take the time and patience to educate people about where you come from. So Cecily, I want to ask you, I know you have shared a lot of tips and advice on how to prepare. So that was my next question. If you have any advice or tips on how to prepare for uh, to solo travel for the first time. You already mentioned great tools like Facebook groups and research. Do you have any more tips that you can share with us? Sure. So like I said, I think it's always best to kind of ease into it based upon your personal level of comfort. I am a big proponent of allowing people to take their time. Don't push people. It's okay to give people like a gentle nudge if they're seeking motivation or inspiration, but don't shame people. Don't make people feel bad about not feeling comfortable or not feeling safe because those fears are very real to them. Their feelings are very real to them. So the biggest thing I say is, allow people to take their time, but be there to support. Do as much research as possible. And when you get advice from people, make sure it's people that have been to where it is that you're seeking to go, that you're trying to get information about and not just somebody going based upon something they heard or they saw, because those things can be really inaccurate. (laughs) So a lot of times people give their opinion based upon movies they've seen or shows that they've watched or just their own preconceived notions of how a particular place is and how you may be received or treated. But I mean, that's just their opinion. And that a lot of times will prevent you from going certain places. I had a coworker one time when I had mentioned that I was going out of town in Mexico start telling me about all the statistics of sex trafficking and all of this. And and that's a very common response from people is to tell you all of these negative things that potentially can go wrong wherever it is you're going, not recognizing that some of those things are very prevalent where you are. (laughs) So it's not necessarily that you are any less safe by going to certain places versus where you are. But the biggest thing is not to allow people who have not been to where it is give you false information or opinions that talk you out of it. I think that's the biggest thing. So try to get information from reliable sources. So whether that be, like I said, people in you know Facebook groups and things like that, or actually getting information online from reputable sources um, where you can find out about the culture. So for the United States, there is the, I believe it's, it's like the U.S. Department dealing with travel and uh, you can get all of the information on their websites. And they actually have certain 
areas where they give information about that specific country and they talk about women traveling in those areas or people either like in certain groups like the LGBTQ communities, things like that. So you can kind of know what to anticipate based upon some characteristics that you may have um, that you may relate to. But those are like reputable sites as opposed to just someone's personal opinion. Exactly. I'm going to make sure to leave the link to the okay. website in the show okay. description. I can definitely get you that website. Awesome. So definitely you can get information from those types of websites. And uh, also like while I'm in the countries, uh, watch the news, like watch the local news just to kind of get a feel for what's going on, not to make myself nervous, but just to have an idea of kind of what's going on in your area. I know people in the United States that are nervous watching their own news in their area because you hear about a lot of the bad things that are going on. But you also are aware of, you know, what's going on just so you can anticipate certain things. Like one place I was visiting, I believe it was in Brazil, they were having this big protest and it was about some political things that were going on. But it was good to have an idea in advance that that was going on. So, like, I'm not just out in the streets uh, wondering what's going on and, you know, nervous about something. And then also I could kind of plan a little bit as far as where to be and where not to be at certain times. So that's something to keep in mind as well. That's a great advice. That's a great advice. Definitely be aware of what is going on in your area as well. Perfect. So, Cecily, I absolutely love everything you have shared with us. It's been very informative. And I'd like to ask you for a closing thought before ending the episode. So what is anything that you would like to share with us? And it can be about just anything. Don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone to try something new. That's what I would say, because you just have no idea what you're missing out on by limiting yourself because of fear. And a lot of times it's just things that you've created yourself and those are very real obstacles, but just know that you can do it. Just know that there are people out there that have done it and because they've done it, you can do it too. They're not special. They're not unique. They're things that you can do and just, you know, do it in your own time. Don't let anybody pressure you, but gradually take those steps so that you can, you know, really explore the world and live your best life because it truly is a life-changing experience to travel the world. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And for anyone listening to this episode that wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Sure. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook at The Travel Champion. And uh, I also have a website, www.thetravelchampion.com. I'm also on Twitter as at The Travel Champ and then TikTok at The Travel Champion as well. So you can reach out to me there as well as YouTube. So I just developed a, a YouTube channel. Wow. Uh, in addition, I've, I've got a book, like I mentioned, and it is called The Travel Champion, a four-step guide to traveling the world solo, safely, and on a budget. So I have that available in ebook as well as paperback. And very soon, I'm going to have the audiobook version. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Wow. That's, I'm very excited for you. Thank you so much. And I'm also developing a course, an online course and group coaching program specifically for women 
who are looking to travel solo for the first time. And it's just really making sure that they have all the resources they need, all of the support. There's a lot of focus on mindset because like I said, that's a big portion of it. But just making sure that they have all the tools, the resources, the support that they need. I give actual question and answer sessions where I'm able to give information, ease fears, ease minds and things like that. So I'm really grateful for that opportunity. So, Wow. So I will make sure to leave all the links to your social media and your website as well in the show descriptions. And Cecily, I just want to say that thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for everything you share with us and all the tips you share were amazing. And then also for being open about sharing about your experiences traveling in the U.S. and abroad as well. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure.